Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. I have had a blast lately doing this podcast. This is my third straight episode, talking to somebody I didn't know well before the episode, but who turned out to be a really interesting person to talk to, and I feel much richer for having had the chance to talk to them. Two episodes ago, Nathaniel Swecker, a local birder, president of the local Audubon Society, the person who's probably birded most on Joint Base Lewis McCord, the big military installation here in Tacoma that's vastly underbirded, and who's done extensive work in the Morse Preserve, helping with bird banding there and local research. So I learned a lot about things that I didn't know as well as I do now after having talked to him, and I think he was a terrific guest. Last week, I had a great time talking with Lane Epps and Corey Fulsmo-Keith. Their story is interesting, they're longtime birding friends, and it's really fun to hear the energy and harmony and love between two birders who get out birding often together, even occasionally together, but just enjoy each other's company and have had so much fun birding together. It was really fun to talk to them. I hope you enjoyed their episode. This week, I have a complete new first. I interview and talk with a musician, not just a musician, but a good birder who's a musician. She also does a local, a yard hawk watch, an official hawk watch in her backyard. Whoever heard of such a thing? That's terrific. She's uh, birded extensively around the country and just put out a new album where every song in the album has a bird's name. How cool is that? It's good music. She's a longtime professional musician, not just a hack who put up an album. She is really good. I think you'll enjoy her album. I had a great time listening to it, a really good time talking with her, and I think you're really going to enjoy the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 52 with Stephanie Seymour. And be ready, you're going to hear some music on this podcast. She gave me the opportunity to put three of the songs from her album interspersed through the podcast. I think you'll really enjoy that. So help me welcome to the Bird Banner Podcast, episode number 52, Stephanie Seymour. Stephanie, thanks for being on the podcast today. Ed, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is this is going to be really fun. I We're going to have music on the episode today, not just the little uh, chickadee sounds I usually play at the start of the podcast. We're going to have real music from a real musician. <laughs> That's right. And this is my first musician. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your music career and how that kind of meshed with birding. Yes, I, I know, because it's, it's a melding of the two passions of mine. Um, well, I have been a musician since I was very young. I, I started playing drums when I was 15 years old. And um, I'd say by the time I was in my really early 20s, I was already in a band called, uh, it was an all-girl band called the Aquanettas, and I was the drummer for that band. We got signed to a label, and we made a record. And we actually made a few records, but um, we toured the United States, and toward the UK. And unfortunately, it was before I was a bird watcher. So I don't have any of those birds on my life list. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, then I joined another band after that called Psychic Penguin, again, before I was a bird watcher. Um, and that band, I played more um, percussion only, and I was started sort of singing backup vocals. And um, as that band finally, you know, kind of faded away, I started my own band called Birdie again before I was a bird watcher. Um, and I fronted that band. I was the lead singer and songwriter. We had a few CDs out. Um, and I, so I did music for many, many years. And then I 
moved, I got married to my husband in 2003, moved from New York City to Englewood, New Jersey. And I was sort of like searching one day on the internet for something and the Audubon Christmas bird count popped up. Mm-hmm. And I said, hmm, that is interesting and intriguing. And I just wanted to go out and do it by myself. I went out, looked like had a cheap pair of binoculars and said, I'm going to go try to identify the birds in my neighborhood. And when I went out, I, I couldn't even, you know, ID like a pigeon. Or, I mean, I knew a pigeon, but I couldn't even ID really a house sparrow. So um, I went the next day, I bought a Peterson guide and I, I um, studied the house sparrow. And then the next day went out and I deeded, and that was my spark bird. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know, like yeah, a house not sparrow. A tough one. Not a tough one. <laughs> That's good. they are. You know, if they weren't common and considered an introduced pest, they would be a really cool bird. They, w- I know. That's like it's so true, isn't it? But but at that, I don't have a, a an exciting spark bird. It was the house sparrow. So, um, but but so how the two kind of melded the the music and the birding is that. I'm, I started playing music less because I just, it was hard to be staying out so late in clubs and then getting up really early to go bird watching. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I started really getting into birds and, and um, I guess for about seven or eight years, I did not even play music at all. But um, I guess in 2016, it was, I started playing again, singing backup for people here and there. But honestly, I really didn't think I would do another record, you know, a full on record of my own or anything. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting on my couch in early 2018. And the, um, the idea, the music actually, and the lyrics for Ruby Crown Kinglet just came into my head with like a melody. And I heard it, you know, like, and in about like mm-hmm. 45 minutes, I had that song done. And that was it. I was just like, I, I shouted downstairs to my husband, like, we are making a record about birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. and that's really I knew I, I knew cool. that I wanted it to be like a rock and roll pop kind of record with all the songs that uh-huh. you know were titled after birds, which which they are. Right. So um yeah, that was the genesis of, of the record really. Right then and there. Very cool. You know, you know, I I you know, this really warms my heart. My grandma, yeah. my dad's mom, Helen mm-hmm. Mullen, in nineteen eleven mm-hmm. was the was the vocalist and drummer for the first all women's traveling band in New what? England. And I have, I have pictures of her and five women and all of the instruments, including a drum set and a big bass violin, all strapped on the model on the back of a model a or model T, I don't know, open, open vehicle ready to take off down the highway. They played Boston and New York. They were all over New England and, and New York area playing for two years when she it was scandal. Oh, I bet. Women traveling alone. Oh, it was just, it was, oh, her family was very I need upset. to see that picture. Yeah, <laughs> That's so anyway, cool. <laughs> uh, I'll try to find it. I have it somewhere. Anyway, but it was, it was like, yeah, I, I can, I can see this. That's this cool. Good. Maybe a little bit easier uh, in the 20th yeah. century or 21st century, but still uh, very <laughs> cool stuff. Anyway, Stephanie, I am so happy you agreed to let us listen to some of your music today. The name of your album is There yes. Are Birds, and we'll go over towards the end of the podcast how people can get that and that sort of thing. But we're going to play the first song, and the first song we decided to play is Northern yes. Mockingbird. Tell us a little, introduce that to us, and then we'll have a, have sure. a listen to I, it. Sure. You know, the funny thing about this song is that we had 11 
songs that were pretty much done in demo form that we were going to give to the band to do. Mm-hmm. And there was this nagging melody and <laughs> lyric that were in my head. And I was just like trying to push them aside, you know, no, I can't, I've already done the, all the demos. We, we don't want to do anymore. And I just couldn't let it go. And that song was Northern Mockingbird. And I'm so psyched that I didn't just kind of, you know, let it go by the wayside because it is one of my favorite songs on, on the CD. And just as a little FYI, um, one of the cool things about, you know, being a musician for so many years and playing with so many cool people is that I've found some really great, wonderful, talented people to play on this record. And um, this song features Charlie Giordano on keyboards, and he's from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. Yay! Yep. Very cool. Yeah, so a little, little uh, well-known person there. Yes. I have to ask, and this is tongue-in-cheek, uh, does each phrase repeat three or four times? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, just seems like Night. it might. Mockingbird, you know. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. This is Northern Mockingbird by Stephanie Seymour on her the There Are Birds album. I repeat myself. Maybe that's because you never listen. My voice is lost 
That was really cool, Stephanie. I love Thank that you. song. Uh, tell me about your birding story. You got started yes. with a house sparrow, uh, but let's hear a little more about yeah, that. Yeah. So once I became hooked, I mean, it really was, there was no turning back. I, I don't know, really just got seriously hooked. And, you know, I also was right from the beginning using eBird to um, record all my sightings. So not only do I write everything in a journal because I'm really, I really love to go back and look at my old journals, but I, every single checklist of mine since I ever started bird watching is an eBird. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people have to, you know, go back and enter their list. <laughs> I wish there was that sort of thing 35 yeah. years ago. Oh my I know. goodness. Yes. So, um, well, I had a, I had a wonderful yard in Englewood, uh, although it was a little postage stamp, but I still managed uh, to get rack up like 85 species in my yard. And I'm really big into like yard birding, you know, I, I love local mm -hmm. kind of birding, although I do love to travel and I've been on many wonderful trips and stuff. But, um, when we moved out of Englewood, we now live in Ringwood, New Jersey. And, um, this is like some crazy, awesome flyway that I live on. It's, I, I live in the Ramapo mountains and I've already, um, racked up 139 species in my yard and that's in just like five and a half years. So, and yeah. Oh, wow. And, that's um, cool. I, I also, I think I told you I'm now, I got into hawk watching as well. Yes. How does, how does that, how do you have a private hawk I know. I, I, I didn't really know that you could either, but my friend knew that I was really getting into the hawks and suggested that I email the people at, at Hamana, you know, um, and so mm -hmm. they actually do have a, f a couple people who do have just, you know, their own yard is a, is a hawk watch. I mean, so mine is a registered hawk watch. It's just that it's not open to the public, obviously. It's my yard. So um, I do. Mm -hmm. set up bleachers. <laughs> Come on over, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took me a while to to really be confident in my, in my IDing. And of course, I mean, everyone's human and I know that I don't, I, I can't ID every bird perfectly. So if it's like, I see a sharp shin or, or if I think, you know, an occipiter is something that I, some of them exactly. Are like I'm going to just, I'm always going to try to err on the, the being cautious side. Cause I don't, I'm just here alone doing it. You know, I also try to take pictures, um, and try to get, uh, you know, that's what actually, confirmed a goshawk id for me last year was was a photo so um yeah so nice. I, yeah i never really really ever thought i would be a hawk watcher because i really do like moving around and like going on walks sometimes to bird watch but i've become very zen about it i think <laughs> yeah so how do you how does that work to you do you basically take a chunk out of yes. the year and do that or do you do it just a few hours I, a day you know i'm freelance work? i'm really lucky that i'm able to take off i i usually take off six weeks for spring and six weeks for fall migration um yeah and i just oh my go out on my deck nice. and sit every day as long as the weather is you know decent um in spring i don't do uh -huh. as much hawk watching I, I mean i do some but i to me that's more like i'm really into warblers also and i really love yeah and and i would go sure. like for for 
springtime, I'd travel more. Like I would go into Central Park um, or go to Cape May, which are my favorite places, you know. Fabulous. Oh, great. Oh, boy. I, I, uh, I, I got cut my teeth burning when I was in the Army at oh. West Point, New York. And my wife at the time lived, worked and kind of half lived in New York. She'd go down one day and come back uh-huh. the next. And we did it that way. So I had many a delightful day my first year. I mean, there's really not. I, oh. It's like what shocking, isn't place. it? Oh, I am so, yeah, so thankful for oh, those I'm memories. Oh, I'm sure. If people wow. haven't ever been there, it's oh. hard to sort of describe what what a migrant trap it is, you know? It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. I I am embarrassed to not remember the woman's name, but do you know of the woman who for many, star. many years led the-, the Yeah, uh, she passed star. away. Yes. I did that with her oh. in her last year. I visited New York with my wife and we scheduled to get on one of her trips. And she was, I mean, it was obvious oh, she was not yeah. going to live another year when we did this. And, but, oh my yeah. goodness, <laughs> this like 80 ish year old woman who could hear every chip and identify every warbler chip, wow. every sparrow chip. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. I took a she walk with her so one time too. I know she's, she was amazing. It's, that was really sad that she's passed away, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, what a yes. what a labor of love Indeed. that was for her. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh no! Very cl- I'm sorry to no, interrupt. No. Go ahead. So Central Park. Yeah. So I was just saying. Central so I go and, uh, spring. I guess I go. A, you know, traveling a bit more rather than just sitting in my yard. But fall is has become my hawk watching um, extravaganza <laughs> because I get really amazing mm-hmm. stuff coming coming overhead. We get huge kettles of broadwing hawks. We get golden eagles. Like I said, I had a goshawk mm-hmm. last year, and I had one the year beforehand too, and a lot, a lot of occipiters, um, cool. falcons. Um, just I have such a great variety. Yeah. So in a typical, so in a typical six week uh, period, how many, how many individual? Oh wow. Would um, Give or take that thousands. Yeah, because thousands? if you're counting the broad wings, which I, you know, I. I really try to get an exact count if I can. So, I mean, exact, but you know what I mean? Like I really try to be diligent about that. Sure. And those alone can be, you know, thousands. So, um, yeah. I mean, I remember it wasn't this last fall. I don't think it was the fall beforehand when there was a huge kestrel flight one day and Kate May had like a, they broke a record and I had 29 kestrels over my yard that day. Very nice. So give me give me a feel for timing of migration. I've, I've been to Cape May and done a couple of days on a, on a hawk watch yeah. there with Pete Dunn. But give me a feel for the timing. What comes by at what time of year where you live in? And where exactly do you live? I don't uh, know Ringwood is very, very north and middle of the state of New Jersey. So we're almost we're really on the New York border almost. Um Okay, so you're just on the east side of the uh, Appalachian space. Yeah, and I'm in so the ra- the, I'm in the what's the, called the or is it Cats Catskills? Actually, Cat it's Skills we're below the cat. We're below oh, so the Catskills, so we're in the Ramapo Mountains. Yep, Ramapo. Okay, uh, and so you have. Do you have I'm a on ridge the ridge. Right yeah, I live on the mountain. Yeah, you're, you're on the ridge. Yeah, so oh, that's why cool. I right. am so fortunate and didn't even realize it when I moved here what the whole situation was. But yeah, I'm on a flyway. There actually used to be a Hawk Watch um, Skyline Drive Hawk Watch. Um, at the top of the mountain many years ago. So when people saw that I registered mm-hmm. my 
um, yard. They actually thought people, you know, some people who remembered it thought it was the same place, <laughs> but it's not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously very nearby. Yes. So, give me a feel for timing. What comes through early? Well, right what now, I, I went out two days ago and I heard a red-shouldered hawk calling and looking for territory, which I do have a pair that have nested here near me at least last year. So they arrive early. So the um, red shoulders are already arriving. Okay. Um, I think turkey vultures are starting to come through. I know I saw a migrant the other day, and my friend said they saw a few migrants too. So. So right now it's pretty early, but red shoulders. And then, so then we'll start seeing the occipiters, I believe. Um, I'm thinking it's harder in spring because things kind of come through a little more randomly. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the fall then. That's what, I mean, people who go to to watch a hawk watch from other parts of the country come in the fall because that's... You know, totally that's the big numbers come, September come all together early yeah. so that's in early right. September is when I'll start seeing the kettles of the broad wings come through that's like my first big wave of stuff is like a broad wing hawks it's totally exciting okay. um and then of then of course like the occipiters will will come through um sharpies coops um and then you know the falcons too i i sometimes you know so, so the acceptors are late does, September. I think it, it depends. Um, you know, they have a window, but they'll start coming through in like er, uh, mid to late September. But they really start coming through more in October. I think I'm not the best at the timing of everything. I'm just. Try, I wish okay. I had Ebert up in front of me right now, yeah. but yeah, that's okay. And no, then the Falcons, Falcons are kind of at the same the time. We know what comes later are like. Um, the, the red-tailed hawks come later and golden eagle eagles come later um and the vultures and stuff seem to come okay. later mm-hmm. and of course you have the blue jays ah uh, you know time, it's sure. funny that you say that blue J- i had such a crazy blue jay eruption year not last year but the year before i w- i one day i counted over almost a thousand in one day yeah, it, at the at the Hawk Watch sites, I haven't been to Hawk Mountain, but I've been to the Butler Preserve when I was at West Point, and I've been to uh, Cape May and it is that right? Yeah, <laughs> and they're my favorite birds. So <laughs> you don't think blue jays? I, and they're around all year. <laughs> I, I mean, where, where are they going? They, they, I, th- I think I think they're like robins. They sort of leapfrog each other. You know, the ones from the far north come to the north, and the ones from the north go to the middle of the country. Yeah, the middle of the country go to the south. I, I think it's. And I mean, like not that, not all I'm of them sure. do. You know, some there are some local. I mean, I have like twenty here right now that aren't going anywhere. But right. yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, very cool. So you are a musician <laughs> and a birder and a hawk watcher. You're doing it all. You're doing it all very good. Uh, you said you've traveled some for Britain. Well, Where have you gone um, to? My favorite, well, I have like two two or three favorite trips, but um, California, the Monterey Birding Festival was one of my absolute favorites. Um, and also getting to do a pelagic with Debbie Shearwater was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're great. We have we have a really good pelagic uh, trips oh, out okay. of Washington, too. Uh West, Westport Seabirds, uh, some of my really good birding oh. friends are leaders on that. And I try to get out at least a couple of trips a year. And boy, we get, we don't get the, quite the numbers that Debbie I got. Know. She's retired now. We don't have quite the number that she got, uh, but we get uh, good numbers of uh, 
good numbers of seabirds, you know, not unusual to see 10,000 yeah. or something. It's pretty cool. So, so tell me, tell me about that. Oh, that festival. was, um, I, I think we went about seven or eight years ago now, but, um, it was fabulous. It was, a, it was, you know, I can't name it. The, remember the name of the, the actual town it was in. Um, but we went on, it was about four days or so. Um, the Pelagic really took one full day, but one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite stories from that trip is that we were trying to find our guide was helping us find the yellow billed magpie. And that was really one of the birds I wanted to see the most, but it was like a trip from hell because we, we just started off going, going down this sort of like backwoodsy kind of you know, middle of nowhere road and it never ended. We were, go we were going for one hour, then it was two. And then it was like almost three hours. It was hot, hot, hot. I thought we were going to die. You had trouble yes. finding a yellow bill. It was crazy. Time. Really? Because usually you just go I where know. they live and they're all over the place. It's just. Well, it seemed like that they, they weren't reliable. Cool. And finally we, I remember we were like a caravan of people <laughs> and we all rounded the corner and these birds just exploded from, you know, a tree and where everyone just stopped, jumped out of their cars yeah. and we were like, yay. <laughs> finally, well, I know I was get getting nervous. It was, it was like, we're going to the desert almost. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It yeah. is desolate up there in some places. Good. So, what other places? Well, have you been um, that were two years for? ago was the amazing Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival. We we did that in in the Texas, which was oh yeah, just one of the that is one of the I, best. I don't know. It's just to stand like uh, in that Santa Ana preserve and see the magic. It, I can't tell you how many life birds I got, including like tropical perula, um, the common para is it paraki? Is that how you say it? Common sitting paraki, right in front of you, sitting right on the ground, like just high. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yellow-headed blackbird, yeah. which is from yeah. what I wrote a song about on the record, which is um, I got my life bird down right. there. That was like a total nemesis bird. Really? Because they're a hard bird down there. Out here, they're easy, but down there, they're. They're they're a hard bird. Did you go to the granary by Estero? No. <laughs> There's a granary down there. I, I know. I saw you were South down Texas. there. I spent a month <laughs> down there. Yeah, I just got spent a month down there. First of it was some really good birding buddies, and and then I brought a group from here down. I kind of sort of led a trip. Yeah, took some friends out birding really, uh, and we spent days doing that. So it was really huh. good. But there's a granary just it right on the border. I can't remember the name of the town, but you go. That's where I saw the yellow-headed blackbirds. You probably went there. Okay, well, if you go just uh -huh. south of there to the granary, there's a, a place where they import grain and they load it on of trucks, and tons of it spills out in the parking lot. And there can be. 10, oh, 20,000 blackbirds there, cowbirds, bronzed and bronzed <laughs> and brown-headed cowbirds and gazillions of red-headed <laughs> blackbirds and starlings and just a handful of yellow-headed blackbirds kind of Of course, poking wow. Out the trees. No, so I didn't go to the granary. Cool <laughs> oh, so, so you were lucky. You didn't have to st stand no. in the parking lot with dust coming up from the trucks around you. <laughs> You, you know what, though, that reminds me of the of in California, though, when we went to um, it's I think it's moon, moonstone or some some I can't think of the farm name, but that's where you see the tricolor blackbirds. Uh -huh. And I life those at that oh, farm yeah. Yeah. there. I can't think of the name of the farm. But yeah, mm -hmm. anyway. Very nice. 
Yeah, th- th- there are places down there. I got my lifer down Do there. You? Now we have them in Washington. We have a place we can. We know exactly where to go to get them every year, and it, that's it's exciting. A, a pretty big colony uh, in a, in a, oh. in Othello. Uh, so we go out there and get them. Othello, that's not a great name for a town. <laughs> Othello. Yeah. Yeah. Othello. Yeah. You know, like, like in Shakespeare. Uh, anyway, uh, very cool. Uh, so you've got yeah, like Arizona and birding, Virginia too. Uh, quite a bit birding. It sounds like, and yeah. you're, and you're an, oh, cool. And you're an avid, uh, avid yes. local patch birder uh, and a hawk washer. <laughs> so how cool is that? And a musician besides, I just can't get over having a musician that sings oh, about you know. birds on my podcast. We're going to, we're going to oh, play, goody. we're going to play another song. Uh, the next song we're going to do is Northern Lapwing. Okay, Tell that, that song, that song was uh, me. It's it's about going for a, a rarity that, which are obviously the Northern Lapwings. Three birds showed up in a town in New Jersey called New Egypt about, I don't know how many years ago now, okay. five, six. I, I'm so bad with time, but the older I get, I'm the worse with time, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> um but that was just yeah, really about my day traveling down, having thinking about like people on the highway who, or I was passing in cars, just like having no idea that there were these awesome birds that were right in a field next to them, you know. <laughs> and uh, so that's mm-hmm. and this yeah. song I, is yeah. a little bit of a, a an ode to to the carpenters. Like I had in mind Karen Carpenter when I was writing this. I really wanted. Um, like an, a real orchestral arrangement for it. And my my amazing bass player, Ray Nissen, uh, composed the string parts and um, arranged the strings. And I also, I had the horn parts in my head and I knew I really wanted live horns on this. And we hired an amazing uh, horn trio um, to, to play this. So, yeah. Very cool. Karen Carpenter, oh, yeah. that brings back memories. I had a 1966 oh. Falcon and I got an eight track tape deck to put in it and I didn't have much yes. money and I bought two tapes. <laughs> I had the Jackson 5 and Karen Carpenter were my two uh, eight tracks that I owned. And I listened awesome. to a lot of Karen Carpenter there uh, back in Oakland, Maine. Oh, we have to talk about Maine too then so. when we come back from <laughs> the break. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. So we're going to listen to the Northern Lapwing uh, from Stephanie's There Are Birds album. Here is Northern Lapwing. Never clean 
you have to remember you have seen those green and purple feathers and you wondered whether or not they'd stay Well, that was fun. Thank Another you. great song Thanks. by Stephanie. Thanks so much. Uh, so we are going to uh, wrap up a little bit with what's what's going forward from here, Stephanie. Uh, what are, Do you have plans for more music? Uh, I think you should definitely I play know. at some festivals. You should be a you should be you know for the social night at some of these big festivals. Your your music is danceable. I have a and weird certainly thing where like I just all I really wanted to do was put this record out into the world, and I'm not like. The idea of putting a whole band together again and like doing the rehearsals and playing, it's just to me, oh, it's yeah. like in my head, I like just like such way. a roadblock. But <laughs> it sounds easy to me to go I don't know, to it. but I might, but <laughs> yeah, I kind of just like you. not doing the hard work and sitting back and yeah. letting someone else lead a band and then I can be a backup singer. So uh, this was just, I kind of just wanted to just get the the music out itself. But I mean, I've been doing a lot like you, you're, we were talking before, mm-hmm. I, I am doing a lot of promotion for it. And I've been doing, you know, podcasts, I have my ABA review um, in birding is, is actually coming out momentarily. It's, it's in the new issue. Oh, well, so the yeah, which I just got it today. The but the, then there's cool. a bigger review online, it's going to come out in another day or two. And I'm, I'm doing stuff like I'm speaking at Audubon chapters, I'm uh, you know, things like that. So yeah. Try, trying to earn back yeah. some of the money it cost you to make <laughs> the album, if nothing else. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, good for you. Good for you. Stephanie, make sure send me an email when we're done with links to uh, any of these things that you'd like me to put in the podcast notes, or if it's too much for that, I do a, a blog post on, on birdbanner.com every episode that goes into more detail for background information. And I'll make sure I leave links to any of the the things I will if I could give my website address and, too would you would that be okay things. oh we'll do okay why it's don't just we do that right there now? it's just there are birds.com and you can get the album right there, there yes it will I take you right to my band camp page very cool um, so you can buy the record there you could buy either a digital download or a hard copy of the cd either one very cool well, make sure you go do one or the other. This is cool stuff. We're going to have one more music, one more song at the very end of the podcast after I do my wrap up. But Stephanie, it's been really fun to Thank talk you. to you about this today. Are there other things you want to make sure that well, we cover? I, just, I hope episode? everyone gets a, a happy feeling from the album. I mean, I know it sounds corny, but I mean, bird watching means so much to me and music means so much to me. And just the fact that uh, I was able to combine everything into kind of one, you know, one project, I guess it's, it's, I'm very proud of it. And, you know, another thing is that I, I feel like 
nature and birds and bird watching has given me a whole kind of community of friends and and it's also really helped me on a personal level of just like in terms of being a very anxious person or whatever and like whenever I'm in nature I just feel so much better so I hope that maybe the music inspires people to just get out and go outside and just be in nature and care about nature you know well, I think I think that it will. It's going to be fun. Something I wanted to do, and I'm going to do right now, yeah. is just read the names of the song on your podcast. It's like it's like oh, yeah, the they're album not in taxonomic okay, was, order, yes. but these are the names of the song. I'm t- on, the, on the album. I'm sorry. The names of the song on the There Are Birds album from the top. It's Veery, Northern Mockingbird, Black Throated Blue Warbler, Northern Lapwing, Blue Jay, House Sparrow, Common Loon, Ruby Crowned Kinglet. Bald eagle, violet-crowned hummingbird, yellow-headed blackbird, and that yeah. wraps up with migration is over. Uh, so I thought that does that. <laughs> every bird I has agree. to have that album. I mean, really, how many albums have <laughs> how many albums have eleven bird names and migration is the twelve? None, songs? mine mean, does. Really? <laughs> yes, one does exactly one. Right. Until the next one. Exactly one until the next one. Anyway, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Thank it's been really you. fun talking to you. I appreciate it. And I will record a little rap after this and we'll play Migration is Over at the end of it. And I know everyone oh, is going to That's thanks. my favorite song in the album. Thank so I know you. everyone is going to love that. Thanks so much. Okay. Take care. You take thank care. you so Bye-bye. much. Well, that's a wrap on the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 52. Be sure to stay tuned after I finish this wrap-up because you get to hear yet the third song from Stephanie's new album called Migration is Over. Well, at the end of that song, the podcast episode will be over too. Thanks for listening to the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 52 with Stephanie Seymour and enjoy her wrap-up song on her album, Migration is Over. Cape May Warblers dance in your dreams Wilson's Prairie, Tennessee I'll meet you there in Central Park Six o'clock sharp We'll begin in strawberry fields With songs of warblers filling our ears Let's go listen what's around Not a sound Maybe they've flown down into the ramble Starting up here is always a gamble I might have heard Let's discuss its pronunciation We're gonna find that one good bird in the park If it kills us or not We're gonna find that one good bird in the park If it kills us or not On a day when it seems that your prospects are narrow Make sure that you add your daily's house sparrow You're listening hard for bobbling pinkers But all that you hear are skulking tea drinkers We'll find that one good What's that constant knocking sound? It's just a cuckoo walking around and it doesn't have feathers. When there are more birders than there are birds, it's May 29th, or haven't you heard? When the black bull warblers have departed and migration's over before it even started. If you were Robin and be happy to see him what the
It's one of the 